Welcome to the Final Hour Podcast, coming to you from the original Living Word Christian Center out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. My name is Jim Hammond, and today it is just me and the producer, J.D. How's it going, guys? Uh, Linnea and John are on vacation, and so I took this opportunity, uh, since they're not here, um, to, to do something I've been wanting to do for a while just just bear with me. You have to understand the state of our national government. Uh, I, I, I have to apologize. Um, I, had, I had three days off, and um, all I did for three straight days was eat a, uh, Chinese takeout from a cheap Chinese food place, but the MSG, <laughs> the MSG, I, and I just kept eating it, and... Um, so I binged the Chinese food. That's all I ate for three straight days, and I feel like in all my vanity, I, I just don't look really on top of it today. Um, I think Jeremiah was, was being nice when he said, I just I just look a little tired. So, Jerry, you're just being nice. And so I just want to open, before we get to this, uh, the main thing is... Um, uh, one of our longtime subscribers, viewers, our listeners uh, wrote in, and um, he said he's a current student attending the University of Northwestern St. Paul over there in Roseville, and he said he's been a weekly podcast listener and subscriber uh, ever since we started. He's been attending Living Word, Living Word Christian Center growing up. Now he only lives five minutes away from Living Word Northwest. That's that's where he attends. Just thanks us for continuing to do the podcast week after week. As a college student, I appreciate you being able to uh, being able to stay informed on what is happening in the world and around me, and become stronger and closer to God because of it. And so, the reason I'm writing this is due to something that happened at my current college. University Northwestern St. Paul. A few weeks ago, at the end of May, Governor Tim Waltz signed a bill into law that changes the state's post-secondary enrollment options, PSEO, to include Christian universities. This means that if this bill ends up standing, Christian universities in Minnesota, like Northwestern, uh, out of Roseville, and Crown College, would not be allowed to give high school juniors and seniors the opportunity to receive college credit from taking courses at their school. All other state and private universities to affirm the beliefs of the school in order to attend, simply for the purpose of the school, for the purpose of upholding the Christian community. Nobody is forcing any high school students to attend University um, Northwestern in Roseville to obtain college credits. However, if they decide to attend a faith statement is required since these are Christian universities. This is obviously a complete attack by Waltz. In other words, these if you're going to do this, you got to sign a faith statement. This and and Waltz is saying this is why they're not eligible to do PSO, PSEO at these colleges. This is obviously a, a, a complete attack by Waltz on the and and the left on the Christian schools and possibly one step in trying to hurt them in, in the future. It would also only give 
high school students the option to obtain college credits at secular and private universities, pushing their worldly agenda. Obviously, that's the reason Waltz is doing this. It's widely known and proven that Northwestern has the largest PSEO program of any school in the state of Minnesota in terms of yearly enrollment. Crown also has built up a good program in regards to PSEO as well. In addition, many students who do not do PSEO or University of Northwestern or Crown end up being traditional students after high school. No wonder why Waltz is trying to do this. I also think that this is completely unconstitutional. UNW and Crown have joined a federal lawsuit against Waltz in response to this. I heard and heard this talked about on the podcast yet, so I wanted to write in about it. He linked a couple of articles to the story below for some more information. So here's, the, you know, they're trying to squeeze it out, right? They don't want, they don't want college students you know, to get, to get that kind of education because they're not preaching the same thing that the far left and our illustrious governor is preaching. And so, you know, that's, that's, a, serious, uh, that's a serious concern, and I think you could call that Christian persecution. Um, that's definitely Christian persecution coming from the government, and in my opinion— it's just the beginning. And so I want to talk to you about communist infiltration into the U.S. House of Representatives. And so there's a man I like to watch. I see him on NTD News, um, Epic TV, um, and he came out with a book called House Un-Americans by Trevor Loudon, all right? I ordered this from Amazon. He's covering 13 members of Congress in this book. And he's got five more books coming out, exposing upwards of 100 of our elected officials in Congress with communist ties, with a communist socialist agenda. And you'll see that basically those two words mean a lot of the same thing if you really spell them out. He also... You know, he has a show on NTD News, which is connected to Epic Times, called Counterpunch. He gives the details on the uh, the oncoming world communist revolution, and on a regular basis. You can also check out TrevorLoudon.com for all his books, DVDs, videos, because he has many of them. This is a good guy. This guy's making a difference. I've got complete his complete and total permission um, to to make people aware of this because, you know, it's not often that you get the proof in print, pictures and Facebook posts and and you know, a lot of people don't understand who who these organizations are, what they represent, backing our elected government officials. He's got another two books, uh, Security Risk Senators. This was released last year. Um, these two books exposed 30 current serving U.S. senators. And so these senators, he proves and exposes their ties to pro-Iranian groups, pro-communist Chinese groups, Cuban communist groups, 
uh, local communist groups, along with Muslim leftist groups and many other groups. So 30, 30 U.S. senators, all right? And what he says is all these people that we're going to talk about would fail a basic background check. You might be surprised to hear that there are no background checks in the U.S. Senate or in the Congress. And using Trevor Loudon's exact words, he said the House of Representatives has 100 members and have had for many years that cannot pass a background check to drive a school bus. And so, but then I don't know if I would pass a background check to drive a school bus. And so in those upcoming six books, the first one being House Un-Americans Part 1, Trevor Loudon, he profiles 100 U.S. congressmen with communist socialist ties, communist socialist beliefs. So, you know, House Un-Americans Part 1, detailing 13 congressmen men and women with Marxist ties, not just Marxist ties, various other organizations supporting, for instance, I would say being a front for the Iranian regime. And so before we get into it, Congresswoman Terry Sewell, um, there's going to be a link in the sources section under the title of the podcast where you can order any of his books. And so this man, Trevor Loud, now I guess dedicates his life to researching this stuff. Please check out his books. Also view his show called Counterpunch on Epic TV or NTD News. We'll start with Terry Sewell from Alabama, Sweet Home, Alabama. She is the seventh from the seventh congressional district of the Democratic Party ticket in Alabama. Terry Sewell is the only Democratic representative in the state of Alabama. Uh, during the civil rights era, just some background here, the Communist Party sent a whole bunch of people into the South, including Alabama, to get active and and. But they were active for the wrong reasons. They were taking advantage of the situation, like you'll hear me explaining. They're taking advantage of the illegal immigration stuff. They're taking advantage of the Japanese uh, civilians, American civilians being interned into camps during World War II. They're just they're still stirring that up. Um, they love to jump on the race train, and and why it's very valid. And, and, you know, but what they're doing is it's for their own reasons. It is, it's trying to, it's trying to get a back, a communist eventually revolution. So what the communists did, they used race because down there in the South, that's all they had to work with. And remember the goal for them being involved is ultimately to start a communist revolution. And so these networks that started in the civil rights era like I said, they were down there just to advance their communist cause. But over the years since the civil rights movement, these communist organizations turned into or became what's known as Maoists. For those of you who don't know Mao, you know who Mao is, Jerry? I do. Very bad man. Yes. Mao is the guy who flipped China to communism. All right. And, and Maoist, it's a doctrine of communism. 
And and so these organizations get get involved with the League of Revolutionary Struggle, the League of Revolutionaries for a New America. You'll hear a lot of these 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 groups today. The communists set up networks all through the South at that point. And Congressman Terry Sewell has been very involved actively with these networks. She's directed money to these networks. She's worked with the members of these networks. Uh, she's gone to these networks' meetings. She's allies with these groups. These groups are what is, is, is left from the communists that came into the South to take advantage of the civil rights movement, to try to push the communist agenda for, and so they're trying to create a greater division. A greater division because they see the division, and so, you know. And remember, you know, I'm only scratching the surface of each one of these people. Um, just, it's really amazing the in-depth investigation that he's done on each of these people. Switching gears, looking at Arizona, District Three. You're looking at a congressman by the name. Of, of Ruben Gallego, Gallego, Representative uh, Gallego is connected to several overlapping strands of the socialist movement. So we moved into Arizona District 3. The Democratic Socialist of America is also called the DSA, focuses heavily on revolution through infiltration. You know what they they, they started? They they go back to the theories of the late Italian Communist Party, a guy named Antonio Gramsci. Gramsci or Ski was the founder of the Italian Communist Party, and developed theories on open-ended Marxism and independent Eurocommunism. And so, like I said, Representative Gallego is connected with the Democratic Socialists of America who have their roots in the Communist Party. And really, to make a long story short, in Trevor Loudon's book, Security Risk Senators, he profiled an Arizona senator by the name of Kirsten Sinema. And, and this, this has a lot to do with this Gallego guy. So pay attention. In the book, he details Senator Sinema's deep ties with the Communist Party, the ties that she had with the Communist Party, that security risk senators, Mr. Loudon states, were prevalent with Kirsten Sinema, an Arizona senator, until 2018. But the Communist Party soured on Kirsten Sinema for multiple reasons. You can see in the book, House Un-Americans, Part one by Trevor Loudon. She has since left the Democratic Party. She's trying to improve or get her image back, but she has extreme ties, still does, with an organization called DACA, D-A-C-A. DACA is a 100% communist program, 100%. Long story short, short as I can, the Arizona communists, became disappointed in Senator Sinema. So they're looking for a replacement. Enter Representative Ruben Gallego. So they want Gallego 
to replace cinema in the Senate. So what's going on is you've got the progressive Democrats of America, the Democratic Socialist of America, and I have to say, with the Democratic Socialist of America, that group, the DSA, they like to say they're a democratic organization whether, rather than a communist one. And while the Democratic Socialists of America members are not all communist, a substantial amount of the members of Democratic Socialists of America, a substantial amount of their members are, 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 are communist. These communists, a substantial number that are part of the DSA are the most active in the DSA. And they don't even hide the fact that they're communists. All to say, these groups that got behind Rep Representative Ruben Gallego, and, and sometimes I will give you background on these groups as we come upon them, Mr. Loudon details each one of these groups at the beginning of his book, House Un-Americans, Part 1. And as I was saying, the, the DSA threw in behind Gallego, Progressive Democrats of America throws in behind Gallego, also a group called Our Revolution, throws in behind Representative Gallego, also the Communist Party USA, are all behind Representative Ruben Gallego, and they're trying to ruin things for cinema on this, this senator that they soured on, at the same time propping up Gallego to become the next senator. And just to give you a heads up, the organization Communist Party USA that is actively supporting Gallego and propping him up, Communist Party USA, sometimes they're connected with the Young Communist League. It's America's most oldest, most influential, and Marxist organization. In other words, communist through and through. The Communist Party USA was completely subservient to the Soviet Union in the 19, until the 1990s and is now completely loyal to China. The Communist Party's USA's leader out of Houston by the name of Bernard Sampson writes, We are not like other parties. We are a party dedicated to the overthrow of the capitalist class in this country. Think about that. This guy doesn't even hide it. They're dedicated to the overthrow of the capitalist class in this country. And, and here we have the Communist Party USA pushing for Rep Representative Gallego. Pushing him. And the thing about Gallego is he, does, he can't deny any, um, can't deny he has no way of knowing them he can't say that. He, he's seen in public with them. Many of them are active communists that do not hide this. These members of the Communist Party are highly socialistic groups. They are the backbone of Gallego's senatorial campaign upcoming in 2024. Trevor Loudon does say, when people in Arizona realize when it can be exposed how deeply Gallego is in bed, with the communists, his support will decrease. Just a quick ex excerpt on another Congress member. This guy's from, from Arizona's 7th 
congressional district. Congressman um, Raul, Raul, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, Grijalva, Grijalva, that's with a J. Um, and st- it, it, it says, I'm, I'm pronouncing the J as it would be a Y. What do you, what do you think? What do you think there, Jerry? Gre- it, it, that looks it, right. That, that sounds right. Yeah. She's got, she's got, uh, it misspelled. It's, it's, it's actually a J instead of a G. So G R I J L V A. So I'm saying Grijalva. Yeah. Well, he's represented Arizona's 7th Congressional District since 2003. Grijalva became the leader of this party called Raza Unida Rup, R-U-P party. And out of that party that Grijalva was leading, Rup, R-U-P, created a series of, you could say, that branched into, Rup branched into, a series of revolutionary groups in Southwest California, including a group that was very Maoist called the August 29th Movement, which later branched or emerged into the Pro-China League of Revolutionary Struggle, also known as the LRS. I'll just say about Grijalva, he, 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 as he was climbing the Democratic ladder, he formed a close relationship with the Arizona Communist Party. And you probably don't know this, but Arizona has, has commonly been a Communist Party stronghold. Communist Party USA stronghold. Remember we talked about them? It's the oldest Marxist group in the United States. And we talked about them earlier. They are America's oldest Marxist-Leninist organization. I don't know if you know this. But the communists have been really focused as of late, bringing in and encouraging illegal immigration. Because any kind of divide, division, they jump into. The Arizona Communist Party is is highly responsible for for advancing Raul Grijalva's political career. And so, and you know, this is all in writing here in Mr. Loudon's book. Arizona Communist Party leader Steve Valencia explains how he set the stage for Grijalva's entry into the U.S. Congress. So I hope you can follow me on this. Okay, because this is how detailed this book. I'm going to say, before I quote Arizona Communist Party Steve Valencia, in talking about Grijalva, so that you are aware of who the players are in this quote, He's, he's going to mention a guy named Lorenzo Torres. And, and so this is the Arizona Communist Party leader who was the Arizona Communist Party chair. And so, so listen to this, what this guy says, quoting Arizona Communist Party leader Steve Valencia. I'll always say before, Ed Pastor, that was another guy the Communist Party was trying to get elected, and Raul Grijalva, there was Lorenzo Torres. Pastor and Grijalva are Arizona's first two Mexican-American members of the U.S. Congress. But Torres ran for Congress before they ran. He points out that Torres boldly ran boldly against Senator Barry Goldwater. Lorenzo told us, 
It is time for these majority Latino districts to be represented by a Mexican-American. Remember, I'm quoting the Arizona Communist Party leader. He wanted Latinos to see a Latino name on the ballot. When Pastor, that other guy, declared his candidacy, Torres rallied the the Tucson Communist Party Club to join the effort. Pastor's victory in 91 set the stage for Grijalva's election in 2002. And I know this is tedious, but I'm quoting an Arizona Communist Party leader pushing for Grijalva's election and also Arizona Communist Party Chair Torres was quoted within the quote. It is a known fact. Representative Grijalva has worked closely for many years with many Communist Party USA activists. I just wonder if all those Latino Americans down there, and I'm sure there was more that voted for these guys, would they have really voted for them if they know that these candidates that the Communist Party desperately wanted is what the Communist Party desperately wanted in the U.S. Congress? Now looking at Congress member Jared Huffman, representing California's second congressional district. He was elected to the U.S. House of Representatives in 2012 on the Democratic Party ticket. This is the Democratic Party's leading green socialist. He pushes socialism through through the environmental movement. Are you bored yet, Jerry? No, I'm just doing <laughs> some research here. Okay. Well, let me know. If you, you just just jump in if you if you see something needs to be said. Yeah. He's heavily involved. We're talking about Jared Huffman, heavily involved in the National Environmental Organization. All right. He works very closely with the National Environmental Organization. Okay, th- this is Jared Huffman at a, representing California's second congressional district, and so. He was actually legal counsel for the National Environmental Organization for many years. He was their attorney. He still works with them today. They push his bills. He pushes their causes. That's the trade-off, right? The National Environmental Organization, many people don't know, has many deep ties to Russia. The National Environmental Organization also has deep ties to the Chinese Communist Party. And so... Matter of fact, the National Environmental Organization's members, many of them are very close to the Chinese Communist Party. So close with the Chinese Communist Party that the National Environmental Organization have offices in Beijing. I know I'm giving you a lot of information here, but I think it's imperative that you know how many politicians we have in Congress that are backed by communist-based organizations that can only mean one thing, one thing, and that is not a good thing. Such a sad thing to feel like the left just votes because people are left, and and they take the whole racial baiting thing, whether if it's with the Japanese, it's with the immigration. You know, when you look at these communist organizations, most of them have 5,000 to 90,000 members. It's not even that many people. It's just that they're so 
active in getting their politicians into the U.S. government. And so we're talking about Jared Huffman out of California and, and how he is so connected in so many ways. He was their attorney. He was the attorney for the National Environmental Organization. As we just told you, they are so connected to the Chinese Communist Party. They have offices in Beijing. Jared Huffman has also got close ties to the NIAC, the National Iranian American Council. That organization, for a long time, NIAC, NIAC, has, has been accused of being a front for the Iranian regime. NIAC played a huge role in promoting Obama's ridiculous Iran nuclear deal where we just sent <laughs> billions over there on a plane load. What? Paid them. The National Iranian American Council has worked to influence U.S. senators and congressmen for 20 years. And you can see a great rundown on them in Trevor Loudon's book. House Un-Americans Part 1. He explains each one of these organizations that are pushing, backing all these congressmen. In the very beginning of the book, he explains it. Each one. Trevor Loudon says the National Iranian American Committee is the mouthpiece for the mullahs that run the country of Iran. Just think. The mullahs have an organization over here that are backing politicians that is their mouthpiece. And, and just a heads up, I quick, quickly realized, uh, you know, I'm just not, I'm going to have trouble doing Trevor Loudon's book, Complete Justice. These guys are just, the surface is being scratched. You know, I'm not going to be able to go through every single American congressman that he has in his book or in near the detail. But looking at Congress member, now we're on to a guy by the name of Ami Barra, representing California's 6th con Congressional District. That's just since 2022. He represented California's 7th con Congressional uh, District Party ticket, um, Democratic Party ticket, from 2013 to 2022. During the 2014 and 16 election cycles, Ami Barra was supported by members and supporters of the Northern California Communist Party. In Trevor Loudon's book, you can see in a November 2014 Facebook post showing Northern California Communist supporters openly, Casey Lopez, Alex Farr, Michelle Kern, they're all working on the Ami Berra campaign. So what does that tell you? When you've got known Communist Party supporters working to get the man elected. I encourage you, look at the bills these people are sponsoring. Look at their politics. Ami Berra has worked with Hamas-connected Council on American Islamic Relations, CARE, C-A-I-R, and the earlier talked about voice of the Iranian Mullahs, North, Northern Iranian American Committee. And, you know, you had Ami Berra in a 2010 election. He was a candidate, and, and he, he, he had to return a campaign contribution from the Hamas-linked Council on American-Islamic Relations because Republicans were saying the donations coming from a terrorist organization. Interesting. Joanna Burgos, a spokeswoman 
from the National Republican Congressional Committee was quoted as saying, if Ami Barra truly had reservations about the dealings of this terrorist supporting group, then he would have never accepted the money and he would have denounced the organization's ties to Hamas, a terrorist organization. A long time ago, he would have done this. And as soon as the heat from that died down, Representative Barra, because everyone forgets, by 2015, had joined the Council of American Islamic Relations, linked to Hamas. A Sacramento executive director of that organization by the name of Basim Elkara, in a celebration at the state capitol, this is what he says, this Hamas-linked organization in October 2016, quoting him, the Council on American-Islamic Relations has been instrumental in the past year, challenging uh, Islamophobic rhetoric in the election, mobilizing the Muslim community to register to vote, and standing firm against the unprecedented spike in anti-Muslim hate incidents occurring nationwide. And this is what they do, Jerry. They, they always go to racism and say, we're not getting the same rights. This is what we're promoting. We, you know, but, but there's always an undercurrent. It's, it's always about the communism. And so Ami's p- Bear's position in Congress, where he's chairman of, those, of the House Subcommittee on Oversight and Investigations, Committee on Foreign Affairs, this makes him a target for Iranian influence operations. I don't know if you guys remember this, but when the Trump took office in 2017, he clamped down on unvetted people traveling into America from seven Islamic majority nations. Well, of course, Representative Barra led the charge against Trump's policy to protect us from Hamas. So there you go, Ami Barra, your representative for the U.S. Congress, 6th Congressional District, California. Thank you. Thank you. Not only is he backed by supporters of Northern California Communist Party, he's got close ties to Hamas-linked Council on American-Islamic Relations. This is the guy you want voting for you, Northern California. You want him placing votes. The good people of Northern California. It's just crazy to think, you guys, that there's a hundred of these guys in your government. America doesn't care. We certainly don't care up here in Minnesota. Ami Bear is also affiliated with the Council for a Livable World. Council for a Livable World is a Washington, D.C.-based nonprofit organization, Council Council. Council for a Livable World was originally set up in the 1960s by a reported agent out of the Soviet Union named Leo Szilard. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? The Soviet Union had agents setting up organizations like this in the 60s, and, and it just, they're allowed to let it happen. The point of a Council for a Livable World being set up in the 60s was to elect congressmen and senators that would work together to gut the U.S. military. And the Council of a Livable World has supported Representative Barra through several election cycles. 
And, and so we get into the Sacramento area, just like Representative Barra was from the Sacramento area. This is Doris Matsui. She's out of California's 7th Congressional District, and she was elected to the U.S. House of Representatives in a special election in 2005 on a Democratic Party ticket. She replaced her husband after his death earlier that year. So you could say she basically inherited her husband's seat for the 7th Congressional District in California. She and her late husband, Bob Matsui, were both brought up in Japanese internment camps that President Roosevelt ordered into place in 1942, weeks after the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor. And I don't support that at all, that what happened. That was a mistake in the American government. Yeah, it was terrible. And, and you know what? Some of the most decorated units in World War II especially in the European theater, was Japanese, that Jap, Japanese-American units. Yeah. And so, but, but what happened is thousands of Japanese families were sent into these camps for the duration of the war. Because of the war against the Japanese, many Americans were concerned about the loyalties of Japanese-American communities living predominantly in the western United States and Hawaii. I would say that also that many German-Americans, or you could say German nationalists, were also put into internment camps. But most American-born Germans were regarded as trustworthy, while the Japanese-Americans were put into internment camps in mass. I will say the resentment that was stoked and has been played to the hilt by the Japanese community in the 1940s has been used by U.S. communists ever since. See, you got division, right? Division here, Jerry. There's racial tension. So the communists jump in the middle of that, right? And so it's been used. This has been used. They've never given up on this to push revolutionary and socialist programs among the generation of Japanese American people that have followed the children, the grandchildren, the great-grandchildren, and the people that were interned in these camps during World War II. Have been a, these people have been a major, major target for the communists. And in the 60s and 70s, hundreds at that time of Japanese young Americans, the children and grandchildren of the people that were forced into the internment camps in the 1940s, flocked to the Maoist doctrine. Remember Mao was the guy that flipped China to communism? And, this, and these Maoist movements were sweeping through American colleges in the 60s and 70s. So just a little history there before we get into this lady. These hundreds of young Japanese Americans in the 60s and 70s, like I've said, the grandchildren and children of the people that were interned in, 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 that were put in the internment camps during World War II, they joined along with young Chinese, Filipino, Chicano, black, Native American college students, and workers in different groups such as Line of March, the Communist Workers' Party, 
Freedom Road Socialist Organization, and especially an openly uh, pro-China League of Revolutionary Struggle. I just want to say I completely understand Japanese Americans being frustrated with what happened to them 80 years ago. And, and what happened to their grandparents in the 1940s during World War II, being placed in camps? But that has been completely exploited by the Maoists. When I say Maoists, I'm saying American communists have exploited this situation by pushing for American reparations for Japanese Americans whose relatives went through that. But the main point of it is to stir up racial tension. Stir up racial tension. The Maoists are always involved in the race issue. The Maoists gave us Black Lives Matter. That's no secret. Do a deep dive. That's where it comes from. It helps the Maoists when they have a legitimate cause. But if they don't have a le legitimate cause, they're going to make one up. And the, the internment of Japanese Americans during World War II, 80 years later, is still a very sore, sore point. And Doris Matsui has worked with the Maoists for many years to make sure that that issue stays alive and in the forefront of politics. Most of you don't remember this. Representative Matsui was very much part of the chain of command in the Clinton-China funding scandal. Scandal. Probably don't remember the scandal, but that, that saw illicit donations flowing out of China into the Clinton campaign fund. Today, she works with radical Muslim leftist groups, one being the Council on American-Islamic Relations. They both have a common interest in using minority grievances of racism, but they use that to move forward their social change agenda. She wrote in 2018 congratulating the Council on American Islamic Relations, CARE, C-A-I-R, on their 25th anniversary. She's got all kinds of pictures with these guys. If your head is spinning on all these organizations, I'll remind you, CARE, Council on American Islamic Relations, describes themselves as a grassroots civil rights advocacy group. The Council on, uh, on, uh, on American Islamic Relations founder, Nihad Awad, was a staunch supporter of Hamas. This is the founder of CARE. It was a staunch, are you hearing me? A staunch supporter of Hamas, which has been designated by the U.S. State Department as a terrorist organization. Hamas has. This guy, Nihad Awad, the founder of CARE, was was the U.S. president of the General Union of Palestinian Students, which is part of the, the terrorist Palestinian Liberation Organization. This is the founder of CARE. I'm just trying to tell you, in 2018, Representative Matsui wrote to CARE for their 25th anniversary as a firm believer in civil rights. I applaud the Council of, for empowering American Muslims to participate locally and nationally in political and social activity, activism. See, that's, that's all a cover for what they're, what they're trying 
this this care was founded by 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 a Hamas supporter, um, and and was technically a member of the PLO. There's a California Congressman Doris Matsui working with America's pro-Beijing Maoist radicals in California, and also the Council on American-Islamic Relations, founded by a staunch supporter of Hamas and the previous president of the General Union of Palestinian Students, which was part of the terrorist PLO. I, I just I want to hammer this into you. Even if you get half of this, these are the people voting for you, America, and specifically Northern California. I have to say, Trevor Loudon has a 23-page chapter on Nancy Pelosi and, and all her communist connections. But I'll just skip her and move into Barbara Lee, Congress, Congress Member Barbara Lee. Introducing Congress Member Barbara Lee representing California's 12th Congressional District. <laughs> Barbara Lee, been a representative of California in Congress on the Democratic Party ticket since 1998. As a young woman, Barbara Lee served as a confidential aide to Black Panther Party Minister of Defense Huey Newton. She started her political career as a protege of Marxist Oakland, California Congressman Ron DeLumes, a card-carrying member of the Democratic Socialist of America, who we talked to you about. It, but it is the Communist Party USA to which Barbara Lee owes most of her allegiance. Barbara Lee was a leading member of the Committees of Correspondence Letters COC, just to give you the background of what the Committees of Correspondence actually is, and with Barbara Lee was a leading member, began in 1991, when one-third of the Communist Party USA membership split to form the party, split from the party to form a new organization. So it came out of Communist Party USA, Committee, Committees of Correspondence, COC. She was a leading member, came out of the Communist Party USA, the Committees of Correspondence. And so today, com Committees of Correspondence is for democracy and socialism. Their main strength comes from its support of the communist regimes in China and Vietnam. Back in the 1990s, when the Committees of Correspondence was actually exposed for what it was, they actually used, used to do that, you know, she, she kind of slowly and gradually, they used to expose these organizations. And, and what did she do? She slowly, gradually faded away from that. Stepped down from the COC leadership body because of the negative press coverage. She's worked closely with the Democratic Social Socialist of America. A lot more notes than normal today. Democratic Socialists of America. It draws heavily on the revolution through infiltration theories. Democratic Socialists of America draws heavily on the revolution through infiltration theories of the late Italian Communist Party 
theoretician Antonio Gramsci. Democratic Social of America, you can see where their roots are from. Remember, we told you about the Democratic Socialists of America. I like to convey that they are Democratic Socialists. But not all the Democratic Socialists are, are communists. But there are a substantial number that are in the Democratic Socialists of America. A substantial number of con communists. Can so, I just say really fast? Yes, yes. Because some of the research I was doing earlier is to refresh myself on yeah. these principles, right? And communism by Marx and socialism was yeah. used interchangeably often. Yes. The only distinction he made is that communism is an advanced and more late-stage version of socialism. Right. So when we see all these people in our government doing all these things, it's for... To get to communism, right? it is. And the and the problem with that, as you might want to talk about this a little bit more too, is that their their goal is to eliminate the the class differences in society. Yes, that's their goal. They they want everything to be owned by the community right? with them on top. With them on top, yeah. right? Because there always has to be somebody in charge. Yes, and that's the problem. They want to push everybody down so that they can have the control. So. That's a good point. And so the whole socialist thing, it's, it's one step away from communists. Yeah. And, 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 and you can see, we report what's going on in the Netherlands. They're just taking their farmland. Yep. I had someone very close to me said the Netherlands had the best socialist government in the world. Well, look at what's going on with the farmers. Mm -hmm. They're just taking their stuff, and that's what can happen. Yep. And I tell you what, they would have done it. They would have already done it to, to our farmers. And so if, if, if we were, in fact, socialist, Democratic Socialist of America, it, it, its roots come from communism. Mm -hmm. Remember, we told you, Democratic Socialists of America like to convey they are Democratic Socialists, but many of their members are communists. Right. And, and so this lady's been over to Cuba 20 times. And so she's worked extremely close with the communist dictator of Granada and named Maurice Bishop in the 1980s. The U.S. invaded Granada because they were afraid of that guy. He was a communist dictator. She worked hard to get the U.S. government off the communist dictator of Granada's Maurice Bishop's back. She worked as a liaison between Maurice Bishop and the U.S. government and tried to tilt things in a way that would favor Maurice Bishop. Ronald Reagan invaded Granada because he was afraid they were going to become a second Cuba. Remember, now she's visited Cuba uh, 20 times. And, and there's pictures of her meeting with Raul Castro, the brother of Fidel Castro. Barbara Lee is also working with a group of U.S. communists who have scammed the U.S. government into paying reparations to communist Vietnam. What? I thought we lost that war. I thought we lost that anyways. Is that what happens when you lose? I guess so. Yeah, I guess that's what happened, huh? Killing 66,000 Americans wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. That wasn't enough. We've got to pay reparations. She was part of that whole deal, right? A real patriot, Barbara Lee. <laughs> Let's get this straight. America has been paying reparations to the communist government of Vietnam. 
and Barbara Lee has worked hard for you, America, in California, to make sure that happens, to make sure our tax dollars get sent straight to, to, to the communist government of Vietnam. She also works with a well-known lobbyist for North Korea. Representative Lee is working with pro-North Korean activists to bring a formal end to the Korean War because no peace agreement has ever been signed. Anyone with any sense knows if that war is brought to a formal end, that sets the stage for a withdrawal of 30,000 U.S. troops stationed in South Korea. Why do you, what do you think one reason North Korea never went back into South Korea? Because then you'd have to come, at, come through 30,000 U.S. troops. America is immediately involved. Now, South Korea is a really strong military right now. Um, but, but early on, they were not. They were not. You, you could say we're the only reason that kept them from becoming communist. And so if this happens, if, 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 if this, it ups the opportunity for North Korea, communist North Korea, to invade South Korea. If you haven't figured it out, Trevor, Trevor Loudon's first book, part one of House on Americans, his first six books, we've had one out of Alabama. We've had some Arizona representatives and Northern California in, in this book. But as you can guess, there is a hundred of these congressmen in the U.S. House of Representatives. So you need to check out his six books and find out who from your state has got Marxist or communist ties. Uh, Anna Eshoo is in the 16th Congressional District of California on the Democratic Party ticket since 1992, works closely with the members of the Democratic Socialist of America. We've already talked about them, where their roots come from. Anna Eshoo is heavily involved in NIAC. I've explained them. The National Iranian American Council basically has been accused of being a front for the Iranian regime, regime NIAC, and is a mouthpiece for the mullahs. And, and that run that country. And Anna Eshoo is heavily involved with them. She has been working with the Muslim left for close to two decades. But she's also been known to interact with the Hamas front group called Council of American Islamic Relations. CARE, we're back to CARE. We tried to explain CARE, what they're all about. She addressed the Council of American Islamic Relations at the San Francisco Bay Fundraising Banquet in September 2004, raising funds, raising funds, and as she served as an apologist and a propagandist for this Hamas-linked Council of American Islamic Relations, in October 2010, a congresswoman, stay with me, named Sue Minrick, accused care of secretly planning spies and agents of influence on Capitol Hill by asserting radicalized Muslim interns into congressional offices. Another congressman, congressman Representative John Shadegg of, of Arizona, Paul Brown of Georgia, Trent Franks of Arizona, they quoted from David 
Gabatz and Paul Sperry's writing, The Muslim Mafia, inside the secret world that's conspiring to Islamize, Islamize America. So you had these three congressmen going after the CARE, the Council of American Islamic Relations, for secretly planning spies and agents of influence on Capitol Hill. Representative Ashu, at that point, the chair of the House Intelligence Subcommittee, sent out a letter denouncing reckless attempts to blacklist an entire group of ethno-religious groups. That's what they do. They, they cry racism, right, every time. So she's in deep with the Council of American Islamic Relations and a Hamas front group. In 2014, she wrote, Anna Eshu, I'm proud to represent members of the San Francisco Bay Area chapter of the Council of American Islamic Relations. And I commend you for your tireless work and defense of civil rights for each and every member of our committee. And I would just add to that, including the mullahs <laughs> in Iran. So this lady doesn't even back off. She's proud of it. Now, talking about Ro Khanna, he's California's 17th congressional district on the Democratic Party ticket. Ro Khanna is a Democratic Socialist of America, main man in Congress. Just some more info for the Democratic Socialist of America. We've talked about them, some of their socialist beliefs, where their roots came, come from. But they welcomed members of several bona fide communist groups into its ranks. People that are members of Communist Party, USA, Liberation Road, the CCDS, Freedom Road Socialist Organization, the League of Revolutionaries for a New America, and all the former members of the now defunct social organization. They welcome members from these bona fide communist groups, does the American Party Socialist of America, does the Democratic Party Socialist of America. Welcome. I love how Trevor, Trevor Loudon puts it. The Democratic Socialist of America is a multi tendency tent organization and the tent pole holding everything up is communism okay that's the democratic socialist of america representative Kana, as trevor loudon puts it is cozily in bed with this country's largest marxist revolutionary organization the democratic socialist of america Largest. The relationship is so close that Representative Khanna and the DSA cooperate on House legislation. Not surprisingly, Representative Khanna works closely with a nationwide activist group called Our Revolution. Our Revolution is run by former campaign workers and supporters of social presidential candidate Bernie Sanders. Remember the socialist? Mm hmm. A lot of Gen Z loves this guy. It's very dangerous. And they don't even understand. They don't. They don't understand. Our revolution serves as a front group for Democratic Socialist of America. That's what the, the, the group Our Revolution serves as. Our Revolution endorsed Ro Khanna in both 2020 and 2022. And Ro Khanna regularly appears on Our Revolution webinars with Democratic Socialists of America comrades. One thing I like to say is Trevor Loudon puts pictures from social media, mass emails in his book, 
I mean, it's just proof that these people, if, if it doesn't prove anything else, they're hanging out together a lot. 2017, Representative Khanna served on a panel at the People's Summit in Chicago. That was a gathering of 3,000 younger communists, mainly younger people, and socialists. While Freedom Road Socialist Organization, Communist Party USA, Workers World Party, International Socialist Organization comrades were in attendance. Most of the participants were members of, of, or supporters of the Democratic Socialists of America. He's on a panel on this summit with all these comrades. And here's the panel. Here's the electoral politics beyond neoliberalism and Trumpism brought together progressive elected officials and candidates to discuss how people can seize power in this country. One, you got moving on to Congressman Zoe Lofgren. Represents California's 18th Congressional District on the Democratic Party ticket in 1995. Her mentor her was Senator Don Edwards. She worked for him for eight years. And Don Edwards, if you don't remember, was one of the most far-left un-American Democrats to ever serve in the U.S. Congress. When Edward, Edwards retired, Zoe Lofgren ran for and won, won the congressional seat. Don Edwards was heavily involved in the World Peace Council and other pro-Soviet causes. And so she has many allies in Northern California from the communist and socialist movements. Over the years, she's worked with them closely, continues to work with them closely. If you read Mr. Loudon's book, House on Americans Part One, he gives you a detailed eight straight pages of Representative Lofgren's socialist and communist friends and how they're connected. Very detailed pictures. There's just no denying, if you just read the pages 263 to 272 on of, of this book in regards to Representative uh, Lofgren. Representative Lofgren is very close to the Council of American Islamic Relations. Again, that is CARE. C-A-I-R is the U.S. arm of Middle Eastern terrorist group Hamas. Is another, as another way Mr. Loudon puts it, you can see three quotes from her. Uh, you know, Zoe Lofgren on CARE. I would like to congratulate CARE on its mission of promoting civil liberties, justice, and mutual understanding. And again, in 2014, another message to CARE. I appreciate the 10 years that the Council of American Islamic Relations has had for tolerance and protection of civil liberties. See, that's what they're telling you. That's what the cover is, right? It all sounds very noteworthy, doesn't it? But we've discussed CARE and what CARE is all about. Remember, CARE's founder is Nihad Awad. He was a supporter of Hamas. He was also president of the General Union of Palestinian Students, which was part of the terrorist group, the Palestinian Liberation Organization, PLO. I would also like to mention, for those of you who aren't familiar with this stuff, because I certainly wasn't, before trying to sort this all out, the Council on American Islamic Relations, who we see Representative Lofgren giving props to, writing nice things about, works in, collaborates extensive 
with the Communist Party USA, the Democratic Socialists of America, the FRSO, and other U.S. communist and socialist organizations. Remember, we talked about NIAC, N-A-I-C. And, and, and I know I keep going back to these groups. But if you don't understand what these groups represent, what they're trying to do, then I'm just talking gibberish. Representative Lofgren was funded and endorsed by the NIAC, National Iranian-American Committee. In November 2017, the National Iranian-American Committee also had Representative Lofgren speak at one of their events. Remember, the NIAC is the front for the Iranian regime and a mouthpiece for the mullahs that run that country. And this is what the mullahs' mouthpiece wrote. To Representative Zolofgren. Thank you, Representative Zolofgren, for speaking directly to the Iranian American community at our event in San Jose this past weekend. And I would add, and representing the mullahs so well to the American people. Congresswoman Lofgren talked about how even the though Republicans continue to support Trump's hashtag Muslim ban, there are still people like her in Congress that will work to push back. She also drove home the fact that if you or your family are having issues obtaining a visa and it's stuck on the, the U.S. side, you can always call your Congress congressperson, regardless of whether or not you're a citizen, to see if they can help. You know, I want to thank Trevor Loudon for allowing me to use this book to inform the Final Hour podcast viewers, listeners, and subscribers on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Rumble. It's really important, all this stuff. I know it's it's kind of boring. It's kind of wordy. Yeah. It's a lot of information. But until you just have it pounded into you, yeah. you just don't know. Because it, it's hard to get all this stuff in one, one spot. So this book is a fantastic resource, you know. Because, you know, again, you know, communism, it's a bad thing. It's never worked. And it's, it's just trying to manipulate people into agreeing. Everybody's going to be the same. Right. It's uh. it, a lot of the principles line up with the WEF. Yes. You know, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. This is yeah. what, this is what Mao did in China. Great leap forward, all this carrot and stick policy, you know, you won't own anything. Everything is going to come down to a central, a centralized authority because they want to abolish all the governments. Well, who's going to be in charge then? Right. It's going to end up being something centralized, and they're going to have control of everything, and they're going to distribute it to you. This is where you get all your 15-minute cities and everything that we've talked about here. Yes. And th this is why it's bad. You know, Often we'll talk about these things, but I think it's important to highlight why it's bad. For some people who might not know, who, who have, might have gone through the school system, and they've only they think been it's told, good. oh, it's bad, or, or, oh, this is a good idea. On paper, if, you, if, if you've never heard this before, it sounds, oh, wow, that sounds great. I would love to have not everyone have to pay for food or, yeah. you know, get health care or education for free. But it takes the, the human reasoning out of it. It takes the, the human response out of it. Like, why would a farmer give you food for free? It, it just it, it would not happen. Well, look at China. Right. You think their people are treated well? No. You think they're treating their people well? Right. And even China, they, they still have a like capitalist zones they know they need yes. in order to push their 
even their policies, they need to have that cooperation. So, right. So, and and really, we're doing this because I just want our weekly average of two thousand listeners and viewers to be informed. Right. That we have one hundred of these guys in the U.S. House of Representatives. It shows you how hard and what kind of plan, going back to the Soviets in the 50s and 60s, how long has it taken them to get this kind of foothold. Trevor Loudon has six books on a hundred of these doofuses, voted for, elected by people that either want to take your freedom or don't know or care what they're voting for. Right. Go ask someone living in China or a communist country or for, for a significant amount of time that's lived there, and ask them if they, would, if they want to be there, yep. if they want that government. Mm-hmm. Go ask them in Cuba if they had a choice, would they be free in a society like ours, or would they prefer a society like theirs? you got to give the communists and socialists credit, though. They've worked really hard, especially with the younger generation, especially in colleges, now in high schools. They've worked extremely hard. They're brainwashing not just the youth of America, but it goes far deeper than that. And I just want to say kudos to California to being duped into what you've elected to the U.S. House of Representatives. <laughs> Although I can't really talk talking about the state that I'm from, Minnesota, because if we're not right with California, we're just a little behind it. Yep. And remember to check down under, under the title of this podcast, like all of our other podcast 67 podcasts we've uploaded you'll see the sources and on this particular podcast under the title you can get all of trevor loudon's content he's written many many books this is an extremely talented man he's got a gift for writing and obviously a gift for research and so john and linnea will be back next week i hope this wasn't too boring this is just something that you have to be informed of and i want to thank our 1,750 subscribers and ask you if you're a viewer or a listener and you haven't subscribed, please do. Please subscribe. And, you know, just I know this wasn't as as spiritual as normal, but looking at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, I admonish and urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be offered on behalf for all men. Okay, for kings and all who are in positions of authority or high responsibility that outwardly may pass a quiet and undisturbed life and inwardly a peaceable one in all godliness and reverence and a serious in every way, reverence and seriousness in every way. For such praying is good and right and that is pleasing and acceptable. Who wishes all men to be saved and increasingly to perceive and recognize and discern and you all precisely and corrected the divine truth. Now listen to this. Saying, pray for kings and all that are in authority that we may lead a a quiet and peaceable life. That doesn't mean you have to say, oh, God, bless that guy. Some of these people are lost, okay? They're lost, and God has given them over to a reprobate mind. And and so what you do is you can you can you can command you can pray that it's a demon behind these people each one you can pray pray them out of there pray them out of there if they're not going to change the plan of God that doesn't mean you have to pray 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 blessings on these people 
If you want to live a peaceable life, a quiet and peaceable life, you have got to do this through prayer, okay? Even if it's just a generalized over the U.S. Senate, U.S. House of Representatives, President, Vice President, a day going after what is, what is, what is pushing them in the spirit. And so, and you can actually pray for God that, God, you know, Lord, you know, if they're not going to line up with your plan, if they're going to, if they're, if they're going to stop souls ultimately from being one, if they're deceiving people, get them out. You can pray for the God to get them out of there, get them out of there. However, you get them out of there, maybe even even if it's not by by election. However, you do it, and so, um, you know, you you have to. It's hard, you know, but it does keep your heart clear too. Because it's hard for me to look at some of these people on TV, you know, you know, stumbling across the White House lawn, and 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 you just, you, it's hard to like them, right? But if you can pray, uh, and they're on your mind that way, and you're lifting these things up to God, then it helps keep your heart clear, and so then you can you don't get bitter. So I just thank you, Jerry, for being the only one that didn't go on vacation this week. Of course, um, and. Uh, Wish, wish John and Linnea the best. Thank you so much for tuning into the Final Art Podcast. Let's hope I never have to do this alone again. God bless you.